Good morning. Great you in Jesus' name this morning. Sunday school lesson was on the life of Joshua, what he left for a legacy. I fail to know what your little boy's name is. Toby. I looked back through my messages to see if I could find something, and I didn't find anything other than Eon is very happy with him. So as I was thinking of that, we have a small crowd here this morning, but we have new life, and that's special. For uh, my thoughts this morning, I invite you to turn to Proverbs chapter 4. I was thinking how the Sunday school lesson doesn't have anything really to do with what I was going to talk about this morning, but as we kept discussing the Sunday school lesson, the more I kept making connections. Proverbs chapter 4, and the one verse that I want to pull from is 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. If you have the NIV, it would read, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. I don't know, I don't think anyone here this morning has a pacemaker. If you do, I don't know about it. But there are a, I think, astounding number of people that do have them, 465,000 roughly people that have a pacemaker. And there's the federal regulators are concerned about these pacemakers because they are vulnerable to attack, uh, those that want to hack in and attack um, and do whatever they can to disrupt what's supposed to be working normal. That's your heart. That's your physical heart. Pacemaker is something that helps keep your abnormal heart in rhythm. And a pacemaker, I don't know very, I know very little about it, but it, it works on a radial frequency similar to what your garage door would work on. And there is concern of security loopholes that hackers can access these pacemakers and could shut them down or turn them off. Now you think that would be terrible, and it would be, but as we think of guarding our heart, that's just a physical example. But how much more would you think of if you thought of your spiritual heart? as you think of guarding you know our spiritual heart can come under attack it's vulnerable Satan temptations that's why this verse is here keep thy heart with all diligence guard it do you want to guard your heart 
It's a question I ask myself. I know that I'm speaking to the crowd here this morning. It's obviously why you're here. You've attended to gain resources and information and encouragement and whatever else to help you guard your heart. The heart is the location of a person's thought, their mind, their volition, their will, and knowledge of right and wrong, our conscience. That's the heart that I'm talking about this morning. All these heart, all of these aspects of the heart are extremely sensitive and can be open to corruption and to subject to whatever we allow to influence them. The Bible uses the word heart more than 800 times in the Old Testament, but 200 of those times deals with the thought life and not merely just the intelligence, but the emotions and the things that spring up out of our heart, the things that motivate us, the things that we that we talk about, that that drive us, that that mold us and make us. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's Psalms or uh, Proverbs twenty three seven. I believe there is something that was said like this. If you sow a thought, you'll reap a deed. If you sow a deed, you'll reap a habit. And if you sow a habit, you'll reap a character. And if you sow a character, you'll reap a destiny. And it all begins with one thought. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. I'll take the time to read the whole proverb here, Proverbs chapter 4, beginning in reading at verse 1. And just listen to these different instructions here in Proverbs 4. Hear ye children the instructions of a father, and attend attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain thy words, keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all Thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my saying, and the years of thy life shall be many. And I have taught thee in the way of wisdom, I have led thee in the right path. When thou goest, 
thy steps shall not be straight, straightened, and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instructions. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of the evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief. And their sleep is taken away, unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness, and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto that perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my saying. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from the, put away from thee a forward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Notice this chapter here in Proverbs 4 has a ring of righteousness to it. The heart is more of the sum of these different things that are mentioned here. If you look at the first verses 1 through 20, I would categorize or or, uh, put in parentheses talking about our ears, what we hear. Verses 21 through 22 and verse 25 talk about our eyes. And then verse 23 talks about our heart. 24, our mouth. And 26 through 27, our feet. These all relate to our heart. What we see, what we hear, what we take in with our mouth, where we go with our feet. Picture with me a soldier geared for for battle. I see this as a Christian putting his gear on, preparing for life in the battle. He's on a mission. He's taken his order from the commander-in-chief, that is Jesus Christ. You know, I see these as ports into our life, into our heart. And what better way to establish some safe zones of those ports into our life. Those ports are our eyes, our ears, our mouth, our hands, and our mind. These ports connect to our heart. And that's why Proverbs tells us that out of this will the issues of life come. Now, if you think of it as a physical battle, and if, follow with me in a, into the a physical warfare or battle, you know, How much easier is it for those that are trying to conquer something by knocking out the communications? Maybe blinding them. Um, knocking out their infrastructure as far as roads, rail, railways, 
bridges just crunching down on their mobility. They can't move supplies around. It's harder to get from point A to point B. If you've been following at all the war in Ukraine, you know, I find it interesting that the Ukrainians actually were the, were the ones that were blowing up their own bridges. They were trying to make it difficult for the oppressor to get to them. I wonder sometimes if us as Christians, if we need to blow up some bridges to make it harder for the enemy to get to our heart. Now with Jesus, we have the upper hand. There is a power in that name that will defeat Satan and his demons. But sometimes I think we have to disconnect and sever something that maybe be bridging that could become a a shortfall or shortcome, a stumbling block to us. Michael Haiti, he was a leadership coach. He wrote this in his blog. He named her. He pointed out three reasons to guard your heart. Number one, he's, your heart is extremely valuable. We don't guard worthless things. He cites that every Thursday he takes his garbage can to the curb and empties it out. He doesn't worry about it. He doesn't even notice it, that it, until it's empty. He says, I don't even watch it. No one messes with it. Why? It's because it's garbage. It's rubbish. It's trash. But our heart is the very essence of who we are. The core being that we hold our dreams, our desires, and our passion. We value that. Your heart is, number two, was your heart is the source of everything you do. Solomon talks about the springs of life flowing from our heart. If you plug that spring, that water stops. It's not going to flow. You poison that spring, that water becomes toxic. Not only does that spring impact you, but it also impacts those that are downstream from you. And that's the same way with our heart. If we allow toxic poison to get into our heart, it's going to affect those, impact those that are around us, our family, our friends, our career, and even our legacy. Number three is your heart is under constant attack. We're in the middle of a combat zone. Our enemy is bent on our destruction. He's not only opposed to God, but he's opposed to everything that aligns with God. And that includes you and me. So we need to keep our heart with diligence. To experience the fullness of faith and partake of blessings of God, we must recognize how valuable the treasure is of our heart. Diligence means that we need to take careful, persistent work and effort 
It's not something we do casually. It's something that takes effort. So how do we guard our heart? I'd like to look at two things. Number one is protection. Number two is preparation. Protection, one of the major meanings of the word is to keep and to guard, is to watch over something, to have custody of, to look for. The English Standard Version uses the word vigilance. We need to have a defense mechanism in place to guard our heart. You know, in the day and age we live in, the electronic world, computers, phones, whatnot, you know, there's security software that we trust that will guard us against those that want to hack us. Trust me, when you get hacked, it's not fun. I had it happen once. And that meant changing everything from a bank account to, um, I don't know, just it was a real pain. Luckily, the Social Security number didn't get involved in that. But we, we trust in those securities that we have to protect us in that, in that area. You know, we, we find value in the things that we protect. We, we hold them close. We want to protect them. Another thought I had was with protecting... How many have seen the changing of the guards? A few of you. I was fairly young when I saw it. But there, 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 I can't even speak English right now. There is um, a tomb that is for the unknown soldiers, and it is a high calling to be called a soldier to guard the, the tomb of the unknown soldier. And in that, you know, that soldier is placed there 24-7. Obviously, they rotate in shifts, but it doesn't matter if it's rain or snow, storm, hurricane, they're there, persistent, guarding that tomb. That, to them, is a high calling. I've watched some videos on different things that have transpired there. And it's interesting to watch how those soldiers will get very harsh with people that step out of line. Those that aren't respectful. Those that violate the grounds or the bounds that are set there. That is their calling, to guard that tomb. And they will do what they have to do to do that. And I was thinking, how, how much do we place on our heart? Do we embrace it? Our hearts are extremely valuable. I believe as a church we have a place of protection. We come here to get encouragement. We come here to hear the truth. 
We find encouragement from those fellow comrades that are in a battle similar to what I'm in. And that is part of getting protection for our heart. We have a code of conduct that gives us protection. I even thought of the encouragement that we have with the internet filters that we've encouraged. You know, this this is a safeguard. This is a safeguard for our heart. Does a soldier go into battle without his armor? He can. He can try. You know, I thought of the example of David. You know, there was an odd example of of a king that wanted to fit his warrior with some armor to protect him. I understand this is a little different. He went with the armor of God. But if a soldier in the physical world now, if a soldier is going to go into combat, he needs to put on his gear. He needs a helmet. He needs his vest, all his Kevlar gloves, and whatever that he needs to protect him, his vitals. Boots for traction. He puts himself, if he doesn't do this, he puts himself at extreme risk. I just read recently, too, of the soldiers in Ukraine, how it's it's a lot of boredom, being bored. I mean, there's those certain spots that maybe get exciting, but for the most part, it's boring. But there's still a suspense of waiting, not knowing where the enemy is going to come from. And they have to be ready. For our hearts, we need to have protection in place to guard, to watch. Don't let boredom start taking over. If boredom is going to start taking over, the enemy may find a spot to come in. We must be careful, whatever enters through the eyes, thoughts, where we go, these are the things that will affect our heart. I'm going to go whatever it takes to please God, taking the proper steps, whether it's in addiction recovery, whether it's counseling, whether it's added prayer, or whether it's Bible reading, whatever it takes to help me in that protection. Even the camaraderie, a fellow soldier. It's good to have accountability partner. Someone who will walk with you through some of this process. If this means having someone to report to weekly or monthly, do it. It's extremely valuable. I am so encouraged when a brother asked me if I would be his 
accountability. He want he has the desire to grow closer to God. And he mentioned that Bible reading is a struggle and he said this weekend I'm going to make an effort at it. He said Monday morning you asked me how did I do? This is what the writer of Proverbs is talking about, trying to get across. Your life house, the issues of the fountains of life. If you poison that source, the rest is going to suffer. But if you value it and protect it, that's when good will come from it. We need to guard against critical attitudes. Racial prejudice, unbiblical and worldly philosophies and behaviors. Those are some things that we need to guard against. The next one is preparation. One of the first things the military does when you step on the boot camp is they want to initiate an intense training program they're going to train you as a soldier and their goal is to break you and they want to break you down they want to break you of some bad habits and rebuild you with the habits that they want you to have they want to train you so that they can so that you can defend your fellow troops and have the interest of what's at hand by following the commands of the commander and they want to teach you endurance in a sense when we become a christian we have to unlearn a few things this can be a long a lifelong process Maybe there's some bad habits that you learned along the way. You know, they don't just go away overnight. But considering what we're looking at, I believe if we put these guards over our heart, those weaknesses that maybe are bad habits will become dimmer and dimmer. Our personal Bible study ought to do more than just inform us and give us interesting insight, but it should transform us into Christ's likeness. And when I think of transform, I can't help but think of Curtis and his example of hooking up with the source of power, being transformed. We need to tap into that power. If we tap into Jesus and the power that he has that is when we will be that's when things will happen so we have to at times unlearn some things and we will have to learn some new things have you ever tried to think of something bad and then at the same tried to think of something good hard to do it's hard to think of two at the same time 
my encouragement is if you want to guard your heart, dwell on the things that are good. Take truth in. There was a study that was done on certain diets. The Japanese eat little fat and they suffer few heart problems than the Americans or the British. The French eat lots of fat and suffer fewer heart attacks than the U.S. or Britain. The Italians drink a lot of red wine and have lower risk of heart problems than their Western neighbors. So what can we conclude from these facts? Well, you can eat whatever you want, but speaking English is going to kill you. But on a serious note, guarding our heart is more about feeding your soul than avoiding sin. This point, I believe, is very important. Guarding our heart is more about feeding our soul than avoiding sin. And I thought of this example, and maybe this illustration will fall apart at some point. But if you think of a game, whether I thought of numerous games, chess was one, football was another, but you have a game and you can play offensive or defensive. And um, there is times that you need to play defensive. But if you want to win a game, I believe you have to play offensive. You need to get in a position where, as a child of God, you can be used in God's kingdom to play offensive. To always play the game in defense, it's hard to move ahead or take those big steps. And I think of football, you know, all you're doing is stopping a ball when you play defense. You might move it a little bit down the field. But when you play offense, you're grabbing that ball and you're, you're clicking off yards as you, as you play that game. I'll leave that illustration there. But I believe there's, there's some similarities between offense and defense. When our heart is strong, we are able to resist the temptations that can maybe cause us to stumble. We need to pursue wisdom, grace, discipline, and life. Guarding our heart means putting these wise teachings in and keeping them there. Buying the truth and selling it not. We should have a steady diet of that truth. A good man, what is in what is in there will come out. And Jesus understood this and he taught this. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Matthew twelve thirty five. The truth is, if you have a good treasure, good things will come out. But if you have an evil treasure, it's paramount. Evil things will come out.
We must not allow anything to come into or flow out of our hearts that is not pleasing to God and helpful for spiritual growth. So guard what we listen to, read, think about, and even talk about. Closing. I'd like to pull the physical analogy of, of a war instrument that is being talked about right now in our news. A nuclear submarine, you know, consists of some of the most amazing technology on our planet. These are very incredible military vessels. They can stay underwater for a long time, anywhere from three to four months, 90 to 120 days. But the submarine has to still resurface to maintain a proper alignment with the North Star. While underwater, the submarine's navigation system is affected by the Earth's magnetic force. So because of that, these submarines are carrying these missiles of mass destruction, and they have to stay aligned. They have to pay close attention to their coordinates if they intend to ever deliver one of these missiles to their uh, mark. I think this gives us a good picture of our heart as a nuclear submarine has to resurface to gain its alliance with the North Star. Just like us, we need to align our heart with God. Find that connection so that our navigation can stay on true course, pointing toward the source. We sometimes need to be realigned a little bit. Maybe we're off just a little bit. If we're going to be in this mission of combat between evil and good, we're going to guard our hearts. We still need to align with the true source of power, and that is God. As I was thinking about this next week, our meeting's coming up with Tom. You know, could this be a time where we get our navigational equipment rechecked and realigned, recalibrated, locked in on God for the next leg of our mission? I trust that it will, and it can be. Shall we kneel for prayer?